0: Welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're reentering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? to help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Career Sequel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles. In this week's episode, we're taking a deep dive into something that plagues personal lives and derails careers. It's something that impacts people at all levels of their career journey, regardless of their age and regardless of their tenure in a particular job. I'm talking about burnout. Burnout. But never fear, because I have joining me someone who serves as a healing balm in the face of burnout. Pete Baskis is a certified life coach who specializes in helping clients with burnout recovery and prevention. Pete is a writer, speaker, and a thought leader on all things burnout. And Pete understands how burnout affects careers and finances and relationships. He has spent over 20 years analyzing and solving burnout-related problems with unique, impactful solutions. Pete helps people overcome the grind their lives have become so that they can find the freedom to do what they want without sacrificing what they have. Pete, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Lee. I'm really excited to be here.
0: It is my pleasure. Pete, I was just checking out some research from the World Health Organization, and it stated that Three-fourths of employees experience burnout at some point during their career. I know that I felt it even back in my very first job when I was in my early 20s. I felt that burnout. What about you? Are you part of the statistic?
1: I'm 100% part of the statistic. And something (laughs) that I even experienced today is that burnout is constantly present in our lives. I think our new Mm -hmm. lives and the, the new paradigm that we're in always makes it present. So I experienced it multiple times early, midtime in my career. And as you layer in more responsibilities of your life, Mm -hmm. which is why it's insidious and why it constantly shows up.
0: Right. So tell me a little bit about your experience. Also, I want you to tell us what led you to decide to help others with their burnout.
1: I found, um, for me, the biggest um, motivator was that we're not taught this growing up. We're taught, you know, I, I'm trained as an engineer, spent 20 years in the corporate world, felt that burnout. I was trained to solve problems. I was trained to read P&Ls. I was trained to, you know, present huge budgets to management. But I was never, pre- I was never trained on how to cope with the added stress and added pressure of our jobs, our lives, and everything else that comes at us. So that really upset me because mm-hmm. i felt i felt betrayed i felt that the system was letting me down here i was being formed into a perfect employee but i had zero resources available to me to help me through the stress and that anxiety and that's what became my mission to be that resource for people who are looking to improve themselves and to create that true work life balance that we all hear about and very few of us live
0: right And before we even dive in too deeply into burnout, I'd love to hear your definition of burnout. What exactly is it and what causes it?
1: So my definition of burnout is very, very simple because I like to just distill it down. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much when you feel that you're doing more than you're getting back, Mm -hmm. you know, and -hmm. there's a lot of different definitions of it across the board. But it really is that morning feeling of showing up where your life is an obligation versus your living in intention.
0: That makes sense. Does burnout is burnout something that you all of a sudden are aware of, or is it something that creeps up on you?
1: What I does it look that, like? Yeah, I, I've described a burnout cycle and it does creep up on you. It starts, you always start from a very good place with great intentions and great mm-hmm. habits. And I think we all felt that way. We started something fresh, something new feel really positive about it. And then as we go through the cycle, it's just like anything. It's like a relationship, like being at a new job. You go through a honeymoon period. And then after the honeymoon period, you start to become an expert at your craft. This is where I believe burnout first takes hold.
0: Tell us about that.
1: Yes. So, for example, what I always say is that, you know, when you're starting a job first time out or starting a new part of your career or, like I said, a relationship – You're always feeling very um, optimistic. You have a lot of energy about it. You have a lot of hope. There's a lot of gratitude involved. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the four major keys of avoiding burnout. I'm going to, it's the preamble here. But as we progress into our careers and as we progress in, we start to become more familiar. When we're in that early stage of a job, we often feel that energy to prove ourselves, that energy to overdo, to push too far, to take on all responsibilities so that we can make it worth the employer's while you know to, to have hired us to make it make them look good right but after a while when we start to get the hang of it you know we start to find a routine we start to find ways to become more efficient and this is something i think as humans we do we start to become more efficient in our job and we can do more in less time mm-hmm. well we're still burning ourselves at this rate from what we established at the beginning so if we were working 12 hour days at the beginning After about a year or two years, you probably are getting all your work done and getting everything you need to get done in eight hours. But now you feel like you need to fill in those other four hours.
0: So you're not rewarding yourself for getting things done in a lesser period of time. You're still kind of pushing yourself to your upper limit.
1: Correct. And then what you do is you like to fill that extra time with whatever's around. So that could be negativity. It could be office politics or drama. It could be starting to look at just what is it that you're getting out of your career or out of the position you're in. And I think that is where that's really where burnout, I think, gets its birth. Mm-hmm. And then it blows up after that.
0: Okay. So what are some signs that you may be heading towards
1: burnout? Oh, these are, these are telltale style. They're classic. Okay. Demotivation is the first one. Right, demotivated. That person who dreads going to work on a Monday Mm -hmm. morning—that is a telltale symptom of burnout. Another one is isolation. This is one where, as burnout really develops, people feel more and more acutely. They feel Mm -hmm. isolated. They feel like they can't share their problem. They feel that they're alone. That's another feeling. Um, The other one too is stressing a lot. So anxiety, over stressing, the inability to sleep because of worry, and that's kind of the created worry that that we have as well. So those are some of the symptoms. Um, Some other symptoms, you know, I think particularly in men crop up as anger, being short, being frustrated, um, and feeling defeated. And that's another big one. So when you start to feel that the daily grind is futile, that's really when you know that you're in burnout.
0: So what are some of the thoughts that may be popping up into someone's head if they're feeling the daily grind is futile?
1: I think a a lot of it will revolve around um, resentment. Uh Like, I can't believe I have to do this. There's a lot of should statements when you're in burnout. Like, I should do this, but I don't want to. Uh So you're weighing, I think a lot of the statements are weighing between what you feel you have to do versus what you feel you want to do.
0: Right. And so much of our work right now has changed since the pandemic. More people are working remotely or have hybrid work. Does burnout look different when you're not in the office every day, when you're maybe working remotely?
1: I think it looks different, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it is different. I think that you can have the equal amount of burnout in the office as you have at home. It's just Uh going to present differently. When you're at the office, you'll put on a good show. And I know this from my own experience. You'll be playing solitaire and you'll just move your computer so that no one can see what you're doing, but you're really not working. You're disengaged Mm -hmm. at home. It could just be taking a nap. It could just be right. showing up to computer later, um, you know. It, but I think the difference being at home and why it makes it a little bit more difficult is you're alone. You're alone in your space, and because of that, that one symptom of loneliness it will amplify that feeling.
0: Right. I was thinking about when you said loneliness. I thought if you're already alone in your house, how does that impact you, and does that speed up the process of burnout?
1: Yeah, it'll just amplify. And I think any of these feelings will just get amplified depending on which scenario you put yourself into.
0: So if you're feeling burnout at work, does that mean that you're in the wrong job? Does that mean you need to quit? What do you what do you recommend?
1: No. And I think that's where everybody goes to. Right. I think that is the inevitable conclusion we all have is that I'm dissatisfied with my job. Therefore, I must quit. I think a lot of the narrative that I used to use in my own personal experience was there's no future for me here. Right. And the minute that you establish that there's no future, that is basically, in my opinion, putting a stake in that job and making a decision for yourself to quit. I believe that a lot of the conversations that we don't have with our management, with our superiors, with our peers about how what role we fill and how we can fill it need to be had before you go and explore new options. So my one my one mentor always says, be happy where you are before you quit.
0: I love that. Yeah, you don't if, have to destroy your work experience in order to quit.
1: Correct. And and the second part to that is if you're burnt out at this job, you will take it with you to the next one.
0: Tell us about that.
1: Burnout, and I described it a little bit earlier, and I see it as four different feelings to be able to prevent burnout. And those feelings are feeling excited, feeling optimistic, having gratitude, And hope is the fourth one and one of the most important ones.
0: Will you walk us through those four feelings?
1: Sure. Excitement is a great one because I think we all know what that feels like. It gives us energy. It motivates us. I think it drives us to prove ourselves, to do something out of the ordinary. And with excitement, there usually is a component of fear. But the higher the excitement, we can overcome that. It, you know, that's what kind of brings up the courage, so to speak. Optimism, when we're going into something new, we're seeing it for what it, is, what it could be. We're looking, at all, we're looking at it through rose-colored glasses. And I think we do this with all new opportunities. What are the possibilities? Why am I optimistic to go there? So I think that's another strong, strong motivator. The third is gratitude. Why would you leave one job to go to another? It might be for more pay. It might be for a different role or to be appreciated. That suggests that you're probably just not feeling those things in the current role. Now, the last one of hope, in my opinion, is one of the most important because hope is looking out into the future. If we don't feel like we have a future somewhere, we will move into despair, depression, burnout. That's how really burnout takes hold because it truncates your future vision.
0: Do you need all four of these feelings then to overcome burnout?
1: I believe that you do. I do, and I believe that that's something that we practice. That is the two; those are the tools that we tap into to find satisfaction and to stave off burnout when we start to feel it come on. And it's interesting because just today I'm coming out of my own mini burnout cycle.
0: I'd love for you to walk us through that. Like, what does it feel like? What does it look like? And what are you doing to get yourself out of the cycle?
1: And and I think it's very important for the listeners to know that even experts feel burnout. This Mm -hmm. is a human feeling. And it's not just, you know, it's not specific to one person. We Mm -hmm. all feel this. We all have that ability. It comes from trying to do too much. Mm. And for me, it just looks like taking, saying yes to a lot of things. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. And then the thoughts of, I need to do this. This has to happen. I created for myself a sense of urgency that wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure every listener who's in the corporate world understands the feeling of false sense of urgency.
0: Right. And not even just the corporate world. I'm thinking all different types of work. You can can make yourself frantic by... signing up for many different projects or setting a bunch of goals or over committing to other people.
1: Yeah. I'm going to tell you the one that I did sign up for that um, really creates a false sense of urgency is the PTA. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs>
0: I think a lot of my listeners have, have been in that been in the PTA. I know I've been there as well and yeah, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of need there and if you're willing to take on a lot of responsibility, you will get it.
1: That's right. And yeah. so it's one of those things where for me, I was in a season where I was, you know, we're in October right now. There's a lot of things going on between yeah. work, personal life, kids, and by not creating those boundaries, I was starting to get resentful. And that's mm-hmm. how I I noticed it because I can look for the symptoms now. It starts with fatigue for okay. me. It started with, you know, then I got sick. So when you start to feel bad, you start to indulge in those bad feelings and then the thoughts start to creep in the thoughts of i don't want to go do this i can't believe i committed to that this is a waste of my time all of those thoughts and the tools that i use and that i teach i use on a daily basis and that's what you know that's how i get myself out of burnout in a in days hours or even short amount of weeks and it doesn't take hold and make decisions that have me years down the road. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would love to hear some of your strategies. What strategies do you have to reclaim those feelings of excitement, of optimism, of gratitude, of hope? Because it's these are all things that we'd like to feel all the time. But what do we do if, for instance, we wake up in the morning on Monday or even going to bed on Sunday night, and we are not excited for what the next day is going to bring?
1: What I do is I plan fun. It's a very, very simple, simple exercise everybody can do. And I'm an implementer and I believe in actionable items, things that you can look forward to. So when I said the four key components were energy, like excitement,
0: Uh
1: optimism, gratitude and hope, creating fun will check all of those four boxes off. So having something to look forward to whether it's in the next 24 hours, 4 hours or 1 week that is something that lights you up that in, that touches your you know your childhood spirit that is the first thing I do.
0: Okay, so I want to do this. So give us examples. I want I want to start making lists of potential fun things to do. Tell tell us what okay. to do.
1: So for me personally, one of the things I love doing is I love cooking. Right. I'm a I love cooking. I love cooking for other people. You know, my wife is the beneficiary of a lot of that. And one of the things when I'm feeling really, really out of a rut is I will plan a great dinner. So I will plan a, you know, I'll go out and get a great steak or I'll create a great side dish. And for me, cooking is also meditative. So I'll chop vegetables and I'll put music on and I'll make it kind of like a scene in a movie. Um. And it's really relaxing and it allows me to focus on the task at hand, doing something I enjoy, filling my, you know, my core values, which is, you know, my relationships and, and help, you know, presenting something beautiful to my wife. And that little thing is something I can look forward to.
0: And that fun is going to trickle down to your family and they are going to love that and be so appreciative of that too, which then feeds you again, feeds that gratitude and hope and optimism and excitement.
1: Correct. And I think that's one of those things we don't pay attention to when we're in our funks is what are the impact of the people around us? Right. Right. And when you're a dark cloud and you're walking around a dark cloud, everyone can sense it. Your wife can sense your husband, your children, um, your coworkers, you know, like you're not escaping anybody. You're not fooling anybody in this state. When you put yourself in these mini situations of joy, that also has a ripple effect.
0: Okay. For all those non-cooks out there, what is it? What's another piece of fun activity well, that you can this do. is an
1: exercise I always probe whenever I ask somebody off the first time. I'll say, hey, what did you do as a kid for fun that mm-hmm. you no longer do? I tried to pull people into a period where when they were happy, what were they doing? And I think that's a question all the, all the listeners can ask themselves is, when mm-hmm. I was happy, what was I doing? Pick something, go for coffee, go for a hike, go for a bike ride, something that you have put aside that you love to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And make that a priority in your day. Is it in your day or is this something you, that you reserve for the weekend, like a, a carrot on the stick at the end? Or yes. how do you recommend doing it?
1: I recommend for a person who's feeling really, really down as soon as you can, you know, this having fun, is not something that should be saved for a special occasion? Having fun should be part of your routine, just Ooh. like going to work, just like getting dressed or taking a shower.
0: Okay. I like that because so often we save it like a dessert or something at the very end. If you would hop over these hurdles, then you get to do this one thing. So I love the fact that you recommend incorporating it into your day, maybe as equally as important as other aspects of your day.
1: A hundred percent. And I don't like the carrot stick approach because Uh then we tend to use the stick on ourselves way more than the carrot, right? So we're saving (laughs) it for the end. We're going to hold it hostage. Yeah. And that's not what we're trying to do.
0: Can you give me some other tactics that people can use?
1: Well, the first one, obviously I'm a big fan of journaling. I'm a very, I'm a big fan of setting your day up properly in the morning, right? So when I said have something to look forward to, I have a challenge that I usually do with people, which is, can you for thirty days do something fun every day? That's a big one. Mm-hmm. because what that does is gets you thinking out into the future and establishing a habit where you're taking care of yourself. But that self-care also starts in the morning, in my opinion, with intentionality. So I think I started off by saying, bur- burnout is essentially an imbalance of obligation to intention. When we start off the morning saying what we're going to do, by intentionally choosing to do it, we will feel empowered and we'll feel less like a victim and more into ourself. And I think that brings the natural energy and excitement to your day.
0: Right. And it takes away that feeling of helplessness. If you are starting your day doing something that you want to do, not something that you feel like you have to do, then that is going to feed yourself in a way that makes you feel more in control.
1: Yeah, because nobody likes to be told what to do. I found this out after I got married. <laughs> <laughs> we all like to choose our that's, path, right? That's true. <laughs> that's why have you have you seen those choose your own adventure books and now that they're shows on Netflix? It's why they're so popular. We love to choose our adventure.
0: I had a whole stack of those books growing up. And now we get to live that, right?
1: That's right. Exactly. And as an adult, we have that prerogative. So that's where I I would always recommend, you know, choosing to do the things that you want to do and framing it in a way that you're the hero in your story and not the victim in it.
0: You're the hero in your story and not the victim. Embracing excitement and energy, optimism, gratitude, and hope. Pete, if you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners who are dealing with burnout, what would that be?
1: I think when you're in that very, very low state, it's so easy to indulge. It's so easy to just push away the outside world. The very the one piece of advice I'd offer is just reach out, ask for some help. Everybody's there to support you. And... You know, I think that's where, again, I got into trouble when I didn't ask for help. And many of my peers have as well. So that's the one piece of advice I would I would offer everybody.
0: And I know someone who can help. His name is Pete Baskis. He's right here. Yeah, <laughs> so. I,
1: I do have for all your listeners, if you go to my website at www.petebaskis.com, there is a burnout quiz. I believe the first way to solve a problem is to be aware of it. So if you're on the fence or you're not sure, take this quiz I guarantee it in two minutes, you'll have your answer.
0: So if you're feeling like you may be at risk for burnout, maybe you're in it, go to Pete's website, take the burnout quiz. Pete, do you work with people one-on-one? How can they work with you?
1: Yeah, I work with people one-on-one, and I have basically an intro program and a three-month longer program. But I like to cater things to the individual because no situations the same. Everyone is unique. And so just hop on, we'll have a consult and see if it's the right fit.
0: Fantastic. Pete, thank you so much for coming on and for talking about burnout and for offering strategies about burnout. I know that this has been hugely helpful. In fact, right now, I just want to make a list of fun things that I can do and also not use them as the carrot on the stick, which is usually what I do. I love the idea of just incorporating it into your day. So thank you, Pete.
1: Thank you so much, Lee. It was a pleasure being on your show and talking to you.
0: For everybody out there, please take good care and know that we're cheering you on. Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com. Get the Four Simple Steps Now.
1: See you there.